Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thank you for In Psychedelia for the previous hour of broadcasting. Hello all, you're listening to Curing the Air on Free CR 855 AM. This is Frank speaking and I'll be co-hosting with Iris. Hello Iris. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, uh, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Sovereignty was never granted. Today on the show, we have two guests, uh, June Jones and artist Emily Hearn. Uh, Emily Never, my apologies, and you'll be hearing from them after some music, so stay tuned. You're listening to Free CR, uh, Queering the Air. Uh, so today we and, have... Yeah, that song was Burn by Race Rage. Cool. So today we have a most talented artist and one of my closest friends on the show today. Uh, she is an artist and maker of zines. We're both a part of the local distributor Zine Gang Distro and she's in the studio right now. Please welcome Emily Never. Hello, Emily. Hello, hello, hello. How you going? Great. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Thank you for being here. Anytime. Yeah, so uh, just to start off this interview, let's uh, let's just tell the listeners uh, what sort of artistic things do you do? <laughs> uh, a shorter list would be what I don't do. At the moment, I am a zine creator, and I guess I don't even know if I would go so far as to call myself a comic creator at the moment. It's been a while since I've released a comic, but primarily illustrations. Let's let's stick to that. Awesome. Cool. So, yeah, the thing I like most about your art is that it's inspired by a lot of uh, a lot of horror, a lot of heavy metal and all things macabre and especially considering it's Halloween coming up, yeah. uh, it's it's good to have you on. Um what what is it about those sort of things that um inspires you? Um I'm going to completely butcher the quote, but Guillermo del Toro summed it up pretty well. I think he said that monsters to him feel like the patron saints of the outsiders. Okay. And I've always felt a special kinship, I suppose, to horror in general because I feel like it sort of uh, champions people when they are their most unique and they embrace their truest form. So when people are in horror movies, they're sort of at their worst. And an example would be like in Monster Squad, it was this sort of ragtag team of misfits that like banded together and came out uh, victorious in the end because they embraced their true selves. So... Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely a philo- philosophy that I agree with and that I do in, in my own comics. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, goes without saying, but I absolutely love your art style. It's uh, quite I'll a, stop it. quite a bold style. <laughs> um, reminds me a lot of uh, tattoo designs, mm-hmm. uh, like old, mo- old movies, old horror movies, uh, a lot of like old classic uh, uh, 40s and 50s comics. Um, I'm going to ask the dreaded question. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> what, <laughs> where, where did you uh, get your... Where, where, how did you come up with this style and uh, uh, has, it, has it been received really well? Um, received? I, I suppose nobody's arrested me or stopped me yet, so I guess that's good. I haven't been run out of town with pitchforks. Um, I, style is funny for me. I feel like it's still sort of developing and changing, but I'm definitely drawn more towards that extensive list that you just sounded out. I'm very impressed, but um, definitely Tattoo Flash and sort of more um, Frank Frazetta sort of style, like stark black and white sort of stuff, I think lends itself. 
I just want to make impact, basically, when I draw a drawing. I want people to look at it and just sort of either be able to visualise it on their bodies or at least be able to feel some sort of connection to it. Nice. Yeah. And this is, of course, the best time of year for it. It's where I feel like our powers are getting stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so so you've made uh, quite a number of uh, zines in the time that I've known you. Like, what, what are these zines and uh, what sort of things are these uh, zines about? <laughs> what is a zines anyway? Um, a zine is a self-published sort of, it's an abbreviation of magazine, so it could be a fanzine. It's generally about content that people are fanatic about or passionate about, which is a pretty cool community. Um, I've been making zines for 17 years now, I think I wow. have. Yeah. It all started when my dad took me to um, Polyester Books, RIP. Oh, I, no I miss that store so much. Yeah. So when I walked in there and I realised that people had the potential to just put out and publish whatever they wanted, it just, like, opened a door for me. So there's no stopping since then. Nice. Uh, and now, of course, we have the most important question of oh the day. Um, this is a very controversial subject, but we need to cl- we need to um, clear the air, clear the air, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Ooh, oh, because <laughs> I know you're a big fan of uh, old mutton chops and iron oh too. My so, <laughs> how many hours do we have in the day to talk about this? Oh my goodness. Um, look, to be honest, when I first knew that Hugh Jackman was being cast as Wolverine. I was not a fan because Wolverine is this short, stocky, hairy Canadian and Hugh Jackman is this dancing boy from Oz. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. (laughs) However, uh, I'm going to regret saying this, um, I did did warm to good old Hugh Jack, particularly Logan was probably his best work yet, I'll have to say. So hence why I did Wolverine in my devotion. Ah, yes, I remember that one. Yes, with a nice little colour centrefold with a very detailed spandex butt that nobody has ever called me out on, thank goodness. (laughs) But, yeah, I'll be interested to see where the franchise goes now that Hugh Jackman has gracefully retired the claws. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah, I think that's an opinion we can we can all live with. <laughs> um, you're listening to Emily Never on Queering the Air, and we will be back after this. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. On sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Yeah, um, just on that announcement, that Radical Radio book, uh, until a few days ago I hadn't read it, and I definitely re- recommend listeners like check out that book because it has some really interesting history about 
3CR and all the struggles that 3CR has been involved in and how it sort of was set up in the 70s after heaps of campaigning and sort of like time of social and political progressive and liberation sort of movements. Um, And in terms of the the history of this time slot and stuff, in 1995, there was a show called Dykes on Mics, and that was um, the show that sort of ran until Queering the Air was set up in 2012. So I thought I'd just mention that for listeners. Um, And yeah, and now we can go back to the interview with Frank and Emily. Thank you, Iris. Uh, you're listening to Crew in the Air on Free CR. Um, so yeah, back to back to Emily. Um, so it's funny we mentioned uh, comics before, um, and and how you weren't you haven't done them in a while because um, you know as as someone that has been personally involved in comics for most of my life, uh, I have been interested in seeing your style in sequential form. So um, you said you have done some comics in the past. What are these comics, and do you have any do you have any plans for more comics in the future? Oh, yeah, okay. that's a good question. Um, I have done comics previously and I recently completed my associate degree in writing and publishing, which forced me to uh, produce this comic called Moon Country, which is probably my most ambitious one that I've done yet. But through the joys of studying, it kind of killed my passion for doing the sequential comic as you can well understand. Mm. I feel like it's a cycle, though, because I always say, never, I'm never going to do it again, and then I'm already mentally plotting out a storyboard. So, yes, there will definitely be more comics in my future. So I've done Moon Country, which is currently not available anywhere because I'm rubbish at promoting my own comics. And uh, the most recent one would probably be The Shelleys, which okay. is about Mary Shelley, Percy right. Shelley, and Lord Byron. Yeah, I have seen some previews of that. That's looking really interesting. Like, I'm, I, <laughs> about four years ago, I made a comic uh, called Mary about um, yep. Mary Shelley. Although I, I kind of only like hinted at the rest of the Shelleys yep. in it, so I'm always interested. To, I'm interested to see someone else sort of take on that that legacy and and totally. yeah. Yeah, no, I love that our styles sort of sometimes overlap. Like, we've got a lot of similar themes happening on, <laughs> yeah. going on here, like similar universes. Mm. So, yeah, the Shelleys was um, kind of my pet project because I, I love them. And, like, who, who can call themselves a true goth and not love Mary Shelley, really? Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, well, <laughs> I'll definitely vouch for that. Um, cool. Um, so, yep, you've uh, you've done zines, you've done comics. What um, what other projects have you lent your art style to? Uh, currently at the moment I'm engaged in Inktober, as you know, on my Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Last year I started my own prompt list for the first time called Gothtober, which was 31 days of my favourite goths throughout history and then this year I'm doing um, women in horror so (laughs) last year I was very smart and did them all in one go and then printed a zine and had it ready for Hello Zine which Mm. is an upcoming event on the 26th of October at Sticky Institute Um, but this year however I've been a little bit more disorganized and I'm sort of flying by the seat of my pants in that I'm drawing each drawing every day (laughs) I wake up every morning I'm like I've got to do this Today was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, so yeah, it's getting later and later in the day. <laughs> so, so today's theme was Nightmare on Elm Street. You're not just speaking figuratively, like today. Oh, no, today yeah, was a real no, nightmare on, El- on no, Elm Street. Not spiritually, <laughs> no. It was actually yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street today because I'm going through the alphabet and we're up to N. 
So <laughs> cool. Uh, so so you drew um, uh, Nancy. I did. It? Yes, yeah. one of my favorite final girls. Yeah, me too. I think she's very underrated in comparison to some of the others. Like the, totally. the queen is always Laurie Strode, and and she's great. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, Nancy Nancy needs her. I think um, the actress Heather Langenkamp actually did a documentary. Uh, her name, mm-hmm. I think it was called Her Name Is Nancy, and it was sort of about like that whole thing about her being underrated and her kind of being overshadowed by Robert yeah. England. So it's it's I haven't actually seen it, but I've seen clips from it. It's it's worth a watch. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, that's definitely something I. I would like to watch definitely. Hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, but speaking of uh, Goftober, <laughs> that was actually my next question. Nice um, yeah, like uh, yeah, Goft- like uh, just to describe to some of the listeners, uh, Goftober is this uh, uh, sort of like uh, an amazing, amazing thing that Emily's doing as part of Inktober. Um, so yeah, like every day there's like a different Goff and female horror icon, such as uh, Carrie uh, Brighter Frankenstein, Laurie Strode, and many others. Um, I guess one of the questions that I was gonna ask was um, was there any was there any like specific time period that you were focusing on like seventies and eight or eighties or was it just like female horror icons in general? I think it was just female horror icons in general. I kind of really wanted to put the emphasis on female playwrights and directors, mm. but there aren't a huge amount that I know of. I'm sure there is more, and I'm just ignorant. But uh, it was hard to compile thirty one of them, so. Some of the more newer entries, like The Love Witch, for instance, and Jennifer's Body, were um, female directors, and mm. they're, they're more modern. So, yeah, I think uh, the way women's roles in horrors, horror movies that have changed in modern times are a little bit more compelling to me because older horror movies, particular Hammer films in the 60s and 70s, they were a mm. little bit stereotypical. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little bit, mm. yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to sort of celebrate the diversity a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, I was just, yeah, I was just thinking um, of some of the, the other hammer horror, <laughs> horrors that I, that, that I've seen and, and yeah, you're right. There isn't really a lot of room for, um, for, for, for women sort of being no. the spotlight and even like uh, going back to the universal monsters, like Bride of Frankenstein, she was, you know, considering the film was named after her, she's basically only in like the last five minutes or so, which is, Disappointing, and she never appeared in any other any other films since. She was never seen again. No, it's tragic considering she did all her own makeup and all that. Mm. It was just yeah, I, um, her name's eluding me. Is it Ella? Elsa, Elsa Lancaster. That's it. Yeah, yes. she was also she was also Mary Shelley at the start of that film, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, yeah, like um, go, going off uh, going off topic, <laughs> but yeah, just Bride of Frankenstein in general is a very interesting film. What uh, you're interested in Frankenstein? Yeah, you, you, you probably couldn't tell <laughs> um, just from uh, you know just from my comics, but um, yeah, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah directed by James Whale, who was uh, who was a gay director. Um, also, another film to watch is uh, Gods and Monsters, which is a biopic about James Whale and an actor that may have inspired Frankenstein. It's got Ian McCullen and, and Brendan Fraser. So, yeah, that's that's worth checking out. So when are you doing your own horror prompt list for Inktober then? Um, maybe one day, but that's a story for another Do show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. Um, so are you planning to, like, print it? Print- out in a zine, the Goftober thing? Yes, that is the plan, but what are we today? The 14th, so I've only done 14. Um, mm. And 
as I mentioned before, Hello Zine is um, this festival that's held at the Sticky Institute on Friday the 26th of October. So that's when um, zine makers are encouraged to submit their sort of spooky and Halloween-themed zines. So I, I've got to get cracking. I've got to finish more than half and then print and fold. So send me your energy. Mm. But, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, it was another question I was going to ask. Like, did you have any upcoming events to promote? Was it just that or were there other things? Uh, so it's that and then there's Hello Zingles, which is <laughs> a lead on from the um, horror zine. It's for any eligible people out there who are single and ready to mingle and make a zine about it. Then, yeah, head over to the Sticky Institute Facebook page for more information about that. That sounds good. Uh, I'm, I'm taken, unfortunately, but, you know, maybe there'll be some other lucky individuals who will be there on the night. Here's hoping. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, just to wrap things up, um, do you have anywhere you can promote? Uh, that, do you have anything you can... Uh, <laughs> social media. We get, we're going to get media. there. Yeah, yep. Do you have any social media you can promote? Where can we find your work? Do you have a Facebook page? Uh, if you just rattle some acorns in a skull or maybe <laughs> tie a note to a dove. No, yep. no, I, I do have social media. So I am Emily Never with a three for the first E on Instagram and on Facebook. And that's probably the most active pages that I keep going. So it's probably the best way to follow my work and make me feel accountable for sticking to this Inktober thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how the rest of Goftober <laughs> Me too. Appears. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, I, I've seen, uh, I think you did uh, Mrs. Voorhees, Pam Voorhees. Yes, yes, Mother Voorhees, yep. Yep, uh, the first killer in Friday the 13th. I'm sure everyone knows this by now. but oh, Spoiler, you know. spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not sure how much of an, of an overlap is between um, Friday the Thirteenth fans and people who listen to the show, but you know, oh. um, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, fa thank you so much, Emily, for being part of the show. It's been an absolute delight. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been great to be here, shamelessly self-promoting. No problem. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Cool. So, uh, yep, we will be right back after. Um, and that was I Want More by Bardosa. So I'm Iris, and I'm joining the studio with Frank and now June Jones. How are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, you're listening to Queering the Air. I just had to get... Because I think there might be new people tuning in. So you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Um, uh, just... Um, yeah, so June is a musician... Um, is well known, I guess, in particular circles around Melbourne, Nam. Um, and earlier this year, you sort of retired the two steps in the water, which you were front woman of, um, along with Sienna and Jonathan. Um, so obviously, you sort of um, had like a good following with that. But how have you found the transition away from two steps into solo music work? Um, it has been a fine transition into being a solo artist uh it's very different and it's lonely and i like being lonely because it gives me something to write music about um no it's it's fine it's, it felt like a very natural progression um i feel like two steps was a, a really great project 
for the time that it existed and now I'm just sort of excited to do something a bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was definitely a big fan of Two Steps on the Water. And I'm also wondering, will there be Kate Bush references in your solo work? Um, I don't think there are any Kate Bush references. There is a Cindy Lauper reference and there's a Prince reference that I can think of um, on the album. But I think I've done quite enough Kate Bush referencing. And also, you know, you find out that she's a Tory and you just don't really want to reference her anymore. Oh no, she's a Tory. Yeah. Oh, sorry dear. to sorry yeah. to break any hearts out there. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean she lives in a castle. What do you expect? I guess, yeah, what do we expect? <laughs> that was obvious all along. <laughs> um Yeah, I have a bit of a question here that I sometimes think of and come across people writing about. I'm wondering how like transition has affected your creative process because I'm just thinking about myself and not a musician, but I do sometimes make visual art from time to time. And I found it sort of changed in terms of, at some point, I was quite prolific, sort of making all these things about, and, and like, struggles with my life and identity struggles. That's still, like, continuing always, but it's sort of, like, maybe it's sort of calmed, calmed down a bit and, like, well sort of changed a bit, the creative well sort of mm. changed. I'm wondering if you relate to any of that. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I definitely think about the timeline of my transition and how it... The, the stuff that Two Steps on the Water was doing, which was, like, quite visceral and um, I'd say it was quite angry some of the time, um, sort of reflected my inner world for the first few years after coming out and just how sort of um, shocking so many of the experiences as an out trans woman can be. Um, and I, I think I just felt pretty, like, awful a lot of the time. Or I just, I had a lot to be to feel angry about um, and frustrated by. And I just think that in the last year, year and a bit, um, things have chilled out a lot more in my life and I feel less angry. I feel like things have gotten easier. I've also adjusted to certain realities a lot more and it's just become a bit more everyday. So I, th I think it it makes sense that I'm not yelling in all of the songs these days, um, like I was with Two Steps. Mm. <laughs> not all the songs were like that. No, not all of them were. Um, but we did end every set with a really yelly one. I made sure to, yeah. to sort of just ruin my whole vocal situation at the end of every show. <laughs> and I feel less self-destructive these days, so that's probably yeah. a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, I'm just also thinking other things. I'm a f yeah, I'm a big fan of sad songs, and I'm wondering, yeah, on, in your solo work, um, can we expect a lot more sad songs from you? Oh, um, that's a good question. I think, hmm, God, I haven't thought about how many are sad. I think there's a there's a a level of, um, you know, I, f I feel like there's a healthy level of distance with some of the new stuff. Um, between my feelings as a person and the feelings of the, like the character of the song mm. or the narrator. Um, and so on the one hand, I'm, have got some songs on the record that are pretty just like all out tragic. Um, but I also think that 
there's quite a bit of humor in the record um and i felt able to like write sort of narratives which contained both sad mm. feelings and hope as well as um humor but i would say on the whole this record i would say it's probably less sad than a two steps record um yeah i haven't listened to anything by two steps in a long time so i don't actually remember what that band is yeah who is that who is that who are they that band um who was they mm, yeah so yeah let's talk about um here's something and you yeah and def- listeners should check out the youtube the music video that's also been created this is june's um first solo release and it's called here's something um um, let's talk about um, the process with that and also creating the music video with Garyon, who's another amazing artist. Yes, my good friend Garyon, who was kind enough to um, yeah, help me film this video. We did it in a day, the filming, um, and they shot everything. It was just us two. Basically, it's we shot stuff at Mary Creek and in the Dandenongs and at a beach, I think it was Middle Brighton Beach. It was just whichever one we could get to as quick as possible from the Dandenongs because the sun was about to set. Mm. We got there about 20 minutes before it got dark. Um, Excuse me. And we managed to get some pretty nice twilight shots on the shore. But, um, yeah, it was a really big day. And we used my friend Jeff's camera. Jeff is the producer who's been making the record with me. Um, so it was a very DIY situation, um, which I think turned out really well. I edited the, edited the whole thing on iMovie. I don't know if you know about this premium, mm. uh, professional grade <laughs> software known as iMovie. We but might have an inkling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing how much you can do with that awful, awful program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking I could play that song now for listeners. <laughs> could but this I is won't. I will oh, okay. this is here's something by June Jones the sun hits a deep rock next to a body of water it's a little
just what to do here You spent some time in the country But me, I'm missing something under a tree Full of flooding birds The saddest grow over our heads Childhood in front of Hole grows in my belly, and I'm as empty as a drunken word. tuned in to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, co-hosting with Frank, and I'm joined in the studio with June Jones. We've just been talking about her solo project, and that was Hear Something, and that's the first release um, June has put out. And there's a single launch for that coming up this week. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us about that? Sure can. Uh, Yes, this Thursday with the beautiful Kalyani at First Office Hotel, 8.30, a free entry. Awesome. Yeah, it's just just two artists. I like I like a short show. Finish by 11, go home to bed. Yeah, nice. No late nights these <laughs> Never, days. Never, ever that. No. Um, yeah, I was also thinking of asking you about the other areas you've done things in. You've dabbled in some radio stuff and also done some stand-up comedy mm-hmm. how have you found that <laughs> um yeah i've i've enjoyed it when i've done it um i think it's it's one of those things where it's like it seems it seems easy well no probably doesn't seem easy to a lot of people but it seemed easy to me um or doable and then i did it and it was doable because i did it so it was done but then i realized that it to do it well mm. would require a level of focus and attention that I simply don't have right now. Um, yeah, so I guess I, I enjoyed it, but I thought 
if I was to keep doing it, I'd like to do it well. And then I realized I don't have the time or the energy to figure out how to be a good stand-up comedian. So I quit. Mm. I've retired. You've retired from comedy. You've had it. Yeah, having done six sets, I think it's um, well and truly time for a goodbye tour. Yeah. So look out for me at your local uh, terrible stand-up comedy venue. You can do a Hannah Gatsby and do like the whole artifice of a final tour as a way of... And then that's selling out. Well, becoming... I'm just announcing my final tour so as to get a Netflix special. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's how it works. Yeah. Um, so more generally, what sort of role do you think humor has in your life? Um, I'd say it's like, does the same thing that my antidepressants do. <laughs> Keeps me alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I think when I can't find humor in something I feel pretty dark about the world um and I think jokes and comedy are a I don't know a good sort of like necessary um sort of like psychic distraction from you know it's just like the world is so many things at once and sometimes it's easy to focus on how bad uh, a lot of it is and that's sort of true, but if you don't know what to do with that information, then I don't know if it's helpful. And so I feel like in those times when it's not helpful to see how bad the world is, it's nice to have a good laugh. Yeah. Um, just, that's my experience. Yeah, I relate to that. And yeah, sort of, um, yeah, just moving back to sort of music stuff um have you noticed like changes over the last few years particularly in melbourne now in terms of music particularly um in terms of shows and tokenizing marginalized people in terms of queer and trans stuff and everything have you noticed changes or do you think oh big question um i don't know like i feel like I don't really go to that many shows at the moment. And I think towards the end of Two Steps, I sort of burnt out on the whole, like, being a live musician thing. Um, And so I haven't really gone to that many shows outside of ones that I've played. Um, And, yeah, I guess I haven't really considered whether I think that... (laughs) which direction I think the tokenization of marginalised... Um, musicians and performers has which direction it's gone in um, mm-hmm. but yeah I feel like I need to think more about that before I gave mm-hmm. an answer that I believed was thoughtful yeah um, are there sort of artists that um, you influence and really admire especially um, around less well known ones um, locally? Yeah. Good question. Um, God, I I feel guilty in saying that I just haven't really engaged with local music in a very big way uh, any for a while. Bigger ones? Oh, uh, look, I'm quite... I do listen to a lot of Carly Rae Jepsen. My yeah. favourite local queer musician, Carly Rae Jepsen. Good old Carly. I love her to pieces. She's... 
I just think that maybe she's, you know, kind of figured it out, figured out the whole why music exists thing. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm just listening to a lot of pop music at the moment. And... Yeah, what other pop music? What other pop music? Well, let me open up my Spotify and maybe I can tell you. What's in your, like... What's You know how Spotify has those, like, lists of... Like, recommended? Okay, it's telling me to... tracks. It's telling me to jump back in to Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae, which Mm. is an album that I really thrashed for a while. That's a great album. I really like that one. It's a beautiful record. Um, An EP called Face Paint by an artist called Buzzy Lee who I hadn't heard of, but then I found out she was in that movie, The Terminal, which I haven't seen, but I know that it's a movie about Tom Hanks getting stuck in a terminal for a while. So apparently she's in that, Hmm. and now she's a really great musician. Um, A record called I'm All Ears by a a band called Let's Eat Grandma. (laughs) Um, The new US Girls record is another one that Spotify is telling me to jump into. Um, I'm pretty into Charlie XCX, I'm not going to lie. Oh, I love Charlie XCX. Yeah, and she's she's coming out. I didn't get a ticket, sadly. Oh, ne- yeah, neither did I. But I'm mean, like, surely she's going to play another show. Hopefully. Mm. Um, but in terms of the record, I'd say I was listening to a lot of, like... I don't even know if I was listening to it then or if I just decided that that's when I needed this latent love for 80s pop music to, like kind of like come on through but um yeah making that record i've really fallen in love with um synthesizers Mm, and not even real synthesizers like i'm not cool it's just like on the computer they have like there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of synthesized synthesizers ableton yeah um like on ableton or logic or whatever and like they give you this 3d image of a a synth and they let you like open the box and like twist all the knobs and it's just so good because it's like i would feel so confused and intimidated by like the physical object of that and also like having (laughs) i feel like i've come into understand my life a lot more since being diagnosed with adhd this year because it's like i would get bored with even one synthesizer despite the fact that it might have 80 knobs i'm just like if this isn't giving me the sound that i want within like three seconds i just like jump to another one so doing that's been really fun there's Mm. a lot of different synths on the record um yeah i've also seen you do some piano will there be Mm. will you just have synthesized stuff will you have piano i think there are three three or four piano songs on the record um yeah, there was, a, there was a second where it was looking like it was mostly going to be piano, but I realized that even though I have depression, that doesn't necessarily mean that I want everyone else to have it. Um, and so, like, I sort of tried to shift the mood of the album towards um, synthy, bassy, drum machine-y songs. Um, but there are a couple of, like, sad ballads on there. Mm. I try and space them out. Yeah, awesome. Have some breathing space between the sad ballads. Yeah, like a, just having like a really sad dessert after dinner. A sad dessert? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I don't want a sad dessert. Well, I, well, I know that's why you shouldn't listen to my record. What would a sad dessert entail? Is it like just... You know salted caramel? That's just caramel that people have cried into. Oh, gosh, that that is sad. I ate frozen yogurt yesterday at an absurdly large 
frozen yogurt store that was like a Willy Wonka wonderland. And I had salted caramel and salted peanut butter and chocolate honeycomb Mm. with about eight different kinds of toppings on it. And it was pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite dessert? What's my favorite dessert? Ooh, I do love a hedgehog slice. Nice. Yeah. I think I'm very tactile with my sweets. I like to be able to, like, crunch and chew and, Mm. you know, like, even sponge cake doesn't really do it for me. It's just too monotonous. Yeah. But I like it when there's, like, little nuts in it, a little bit of desiccated coconut, maybe some um, berries. Nice. Mm. Mm. Do like those things. Yeah. Um, Oh, but you know what band I saw recently who I really liked? Dark Water. Dark Water, yes. Yeah. Um, Jack and mm. Seb and V. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, amazing. And also V. I love V's solo stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's like, I feel like so many new acts coming out that I'm just like, I see these names and I'm like, who are you? I feel like mm. I've gone from like a excited, hopeful, young puppy to like a jaded grandma in like four years. Mm. It's yeah. amazing how time will ravage us all. How time mm. has changed. Um, and for anyone tuning in, you're listening to Queering the Out on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris, and I'm joining the studio. I'm co-hosting the show with Frank, and I'm with June Jones talking about some of her music to dessert. Um, <laughs> music to dessert your friends to. Yeah, my <laughs> friends desert me. No, uh, you will desert your friends whilst listening to my music. If I, if I figure it all out. My friends have already deserted me, though. <laughs> then oh, no. my music is exactly what you need. That's good. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> music for the lonely masses. Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about on this show just briefly, because we don't have that much time. I suppose in the media we've had a lot of stuff about Scott Morrison lately. and Who's that? Scott ScoMo, you haven't heard of ScoMo, mm-hmm. and yeah, some weeks ago he talked about um, he doesn't want gender whispers in school. People telling trans people t- people are telling trans kids that they're trans and forcing them to be trans or something. I wish Who someone knew? Done that I wish to someone me. had done that to me. Yeah, <laughs> saving a um, bloody time. Yeah, like how out of reality are like people like. Scott Morrison, but the only good thing that came out of this week's stuff on anti-discrimination, um, the, no, the, the pro-discrimination stuff that was like the review that the coalition commissioned is there's, there's been like so much backlash that like even Scott Morrison's like, oh no, I need to unwind these laws that it, and partly unwind some of the like exemptions to expulsions of LGBTIQ, LGBTIQ kids and stuff so that's been pretty interesting do you have any thoughts on gender whisperers and the whole screamer thing um if a gender whisperer is anything as compelling as the song careless whisper by george <laughs> michael then i am 100 percent on board yeah 100 <laughs> percent. one like literally the, the full hundo i'm there yeah um yeah just because we're at the end of our show now just some upcoming events just want to talk about um that I haven't talked about already like there's a trans and gender diverse film festival um tilde i uh, don't think i said that properly but tilda tilda that's right 
I went to their program launch during the week and they're the, having, they just got a bunch of trans and gender diverse films that are happening um, uh, from the 8th of November to the 11th of November. So check out Tilda and I think I'll be talking more about Tilda next week as well. And there is a Imagining Abolition fundraiser on the 17th of October, Wednesday, 7pm to 12pm this week. And that's a fundraiser for a bunch of Indigenous people and people of colour to go to a prison abolition conference in Brisbane. So definitely check that out as well. Um, that's about all we have time for um, today. I'm just going to go out with... Um, with some gear on nerves, but definitely um, just like to thank June for coming in today. Did you say you're going to play Garyon? Garyon. That's I think my I... favourite yeah. musician in the whole world. Oh my God, I, I hope I get to meet them one day. I hope you too. Garyon, yeah, this is for anyone listening out there. Garyon is the best musician in the world right now. Yeah, thanks for coming on, um, June. Thanks for having me. Um, and if you want to get in contact with us, just hit up our social media, Queering the Air. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.